In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. The longing of our nation that had become a deep wound is over. I wish I could say that these words which I just quoted applied in some way to our nation, but that is not the case. These are the words pronounced by the chief imam of Turkey after he had ascended the pulpit in the church of Hagia Sophia in Constantinople this past Friday. Frail and unsure of step, he wore no virus mask and wielded a most peculiar walking stick. Once he turned around, there was no doubt what it was. The head cleric of Turkish Islam was brandishing a scimitar the official sword of the Ottoman Empire. For any student of history, this man's words now take on greater meaning. When he spoke of the deep wound on his nation, he did not only have in mind the fact that Hagia Sophia has been a museum since 1935, and that it has now returned to being a mosque. We are approaching the 100th anniversary of the fall of the Ottoman Empire, and its descendants are looking toward a restoration. But the actions of this imam harken back even farther to those of another Turkish conqueror, the very first to trespass within those sacred walls over 500 years ago. I hope you will endure the history lesson to follow, for I cannot allow any of you to be entirely ignorant of such an important part of your Christian heritage, nor to be entirely without emotion regarding the events that are taking place right now in our world. I know many of us would be hard-pressed to find Constantinople on a map. And if you were to try, you would have better luck searching for it under its nickname, as it were, Istanbul. The city is located in what was once called Asia Minor, now the Republic of Turkey. It would be incorrect to state that Istanbul is simply the Turkish name imposed on the city. Muslims themselves continued to refer to the city as Constantinople for many centuries. It was only in the early 20th century that Istanbul became its official name. And it is a sort of nickname, a nickname for the whole surrounding area, all that remained eventually of the once vast Byzantine Empire. For it comes from the Greek phrase Istinbulin, which means to the city. If you grew up in a place like the New York tri-state area, 
that phrase makes sense to you right away. The city's history began many centuries before Christ as the ancient Greek colony of Byzantium. It was always of great commercial importance, for it was situated so as to serve as the gateway between Asia and Europe, between the Black Sea and the Mediterranean. Eastern tradition holds that it was the Apostle Andrew himself who first preached the faith there and founded the church and established its line of bishops. It was raised to glory in 324 AD when the victorious Constantine, sole ruler of the Roman world, decided to move his capital there and name it New Rome. The name that stuck, however, was Constantine City, Constantinople. Constantine built the first church there, Agiardini, the Church of Holy Peace. The bishop of the city would preside there until the completion of another church in 360, the Church of Holy Wisdom, or Hagia Sophia, dedicated to the internal and incarnate Word of God. It was this first structure that was graced by the presence of that most illustrious preacher and holy patriarch of Constantinople, St. John Chrysostom. Both this structure and the succeeding one would succumb to fire. It would be the honor of the Emperor Justinian I, that mighty architect of the greatest Christian empire, to build the church we can still see on the news today. Completed in the year 537, it would shine gloriously as the largest cathedral in the world until its fall to the fearful crescent 900 years later. And its home of Constantinople would, in its heyday, become the most populous city on earth, proudly styling itself the Acropolis of the Universe. The city's physical location and tremendously thick fortifications seem to declare to the world that this new Rome would never fall. In the midst of its glory, the Church of Hagia Sophia was the site of what we must regard as the greatest calamity ever to befall Holy Mother Church, the great schism of East and West. After 200 years of bitter theological and political disputes, in 1054, the Pope's envoy entered the cathedral to declare the excommunication of the Patriarch of Constantinople. Despite subsequent attempts at reconciliation, from that point onward, most Christians of the East would no longer follow the successor of St. Peter. One such attempt at reunion was the result of force when soldiers of the Fourth Crusade took a detour and sacked the city of Constantinople in 1204 and replaced the Greek dynasty with a Latin kingdom. The mighty Pope Innocent III condemned the murderous sacking and excommunicated the participants. 
Nevertheless, Latin rule would last for 60 years, and it would never be forgotten or forgiven. Popular hatred of the West ran so deep in the Byzantine world that the reunion of East and West, which was finally achieved at the Council of Florence in 1439, crumbled as soon as the bishops returned home. And indeed, throughout Constantinople, the cry could be heard, better the turban than the tiara. The Pope, nevertheless, sent a cardinal to Constantinople who proclaimed to the Hagia Sophia the reunion of East and West. But that was in 1452, and by then, the Turkish menace was at the door. The Turkish forces were led by their sultan, Mohammed II, a military genius only 21 years of age. Added to all the advantages of his young and vigorous empire was the fact that he came bearing, for the first time in military history, a full array of artillery, guns and cannons larger and with longer range than anything ever seen. The army assembled for the siege may have looked scarcely different from that of the Ottoman forces in World War I. The proud walls of New Rome were soon ground to dust. As the inevitable invasion approached, the last Byzantine emperor, Constantine XI, ordered continual processions through the streets. Kyrie eleison was heard without ceasing. On the eve of the final battle, all gathered in the Hagia Sophia. The emperor, the patriarch, the papal envoy, allies from Venice and Genoa, and the people of the city to celebrate for the last time the divine liturgy. The next day, the last Christian emperor of the East fought alongside his men as a common soldier and perished with them. The Byzantine Empire was no more. The young sultan now declared himself in his own tongue Caesar of Rome. Yes, even that wild Mohammedan longed after the title of heir to that Roman conqueror Julius, whose dynasty, as we know from our true prophet Daniel, was destined to endure in some form until the end of days. As was the custom of the time, Muhammad II allowed his army three days of unbridled pillage before claiming the city. Women, children, and the infirm were put to the sword, while men and boys were gathered up to be sold into slavery. At last, the conqueror entered the cathedral, the Hagia Sophia. The only thing necessary to transform the church into a mosque was for him to send for an imam, who promptly mounted the pulpit, just as we saw last Friday, and pronounced the short Mohammedan creed. Islamic belief dictates that once those words are uttered in a building, it is and must always remain a mosque. 
wonder then that men with such beliefs will no longer allow their mosque to serve as a museum. They at least have a creed. What creed is against them? I say shame on us if we can do no better than to join our voices with those of the timid worldlings who feebly protest the loss of their museum. Is that all we have to throw against the scimitar of Muhammad? UN declarations? What book have we to open against the Quran? Rousseau? Voltaire? All the failed dreams of liberalism? No. We have the breastplate of faith and charity and for a helmet the hope of salvation. We have the gospel of Jesus Christ, the living voice of him who alone has the words of eternal life. Hagia Sophia is no mosque and it is no museum. It is and always shall be a church. Even after 1,700 years, this temple of the true God still calls out to all men of goodwill to come and worship the Hagia Sophia, holy wisdom, the one word spoken by God from all eternity, his only begotten Son. O Constantinople, city of Caesars, city of saints, over 500 years have passed since Christ reigned within thy walls and over thy vast domains. Yet on the eve of thy doom, east and west joined one last time in true and pleasing worship in the most holy and divine liturgy. Greek emperor and Italian soldier, patriarch and papal legate, join their hearts and voices in offering a mercy of peace and a sacrifice of praise. It is only thus that Christ, holy and eternal wisdom, shall ever again reign in thee. When our ancient and venerable Eastern brethren return at long last to the bark of Peter, and the West repents of its unspeakable vices and infernal apostasy, yes, then we shall meet once more in thy holy temple and cry out with one voice, Blessed is the kingdom of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, now and forever and unto ages of ages. Amen.